gets colder My eyes go thin as I get older Piece in pieces, bloody and bruised I feel so helpless and confused Cause I hear screaming on the left, yelling on the right I'm sitting in the middle trying to live my life This is Evelyn Pringle. Welcome to Trish and Evie's Focus on the Facts. My co-host is Patricia Negron, and I want to remind our listeners that Trish also does a live broadcast every day at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the VK platform, and people should tune in every day to get the latest up-to-date news from Trish. Today, we will continue to cover the dismantling of the global child sex trafficking networks with the latest news and the scandals of Jeffrey Epstein and all the elite pedophiles who have been involved with him in his child sex trafficking rings. The hottest topic in the Epstein scandal is still on the news covering Bill Clinton and the entire Clinton family. A former co-pilot of Epstein is reporting that Bill was on numerous flights on Epstein's Elite Express where he says that there were underage girls as stewardesses who were all dressed like candy stripers and that Epstein had bedrooms in the back of the airplane. The co-pilot also said that Bill was on Epstein's plane 26 times. The biggest story reported this month, but ignored by the mainstream media, is that the entire Clinton family spent their family vacations at Epstein's Zorro Ranch in New Mexico. The Daily Mail's headline read, Bill Clinton was Jeffrey Epstein's closest celebrity mate and a frequent guest at his New Mexico ranch with wife Hillary, staying at Epstein's cowboy-themed village as the state workers. The ranch is one of Epstein's homes where underage girls were flown in from all around the world, and Bill and Hillary stayed at the Epstein's notorious baby-making ranch almost every year after they left the White House, according to security expert Jared Kellogg. The Clintons would visit the whole family, he said, not just Bill, but Bill, his wife, their kid, and they would stay at the ranch itself. Bill has also denied ever being on Epstein's pedophile island, but for Virginia Roberts Guffrey, claimed that she saw Clinton on the island for a dinner held in his honor shortly after he left office, and she stood by that claim when she was questioned under oath. News outlets are also reporting that, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Ari ben Menashe, a former Israeli spy and alleged handler of Robert Maxwell, told the authors of the new book, Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, that Epstein and Gisland Assad to blackmail American politicians, businessmen, and power players having sex with underage girls to blackmail them. Believing that Epstein planned to marry his daughter, Maxwell introduced him and Ghislaine to Ben Menashe's Mossad circle. Epstein was a simple idiot who was going around providing girls to all kinds of politicians in the United States, said Benashi. And he was taking photos of politicians fucking 14-year-old girls. If you want to get it straight, they would just blackmail people like that. In a recent interview, Ben Menashe now claims the main target of Epstein to begin with was Bill Clinton. Trish understands this issue more than me, so we'll let Trish explain this issue further during the show. The next hottest topic in the scandal is still on Prince Andrew, since his interview by the BBC. After that interview, the prince was sacked by the Queen and was stripped of his royal duties, and his staff was kicked out of Buckingham Palace, and the Queen also called off his 60th birthday party on February 19th. Epstein victim Virginia... Roberts was interviewed on Panorama and talked about a really scary time as Epstein's sex slave. Virginia claims that between 1999 and 2002, she was forced to have sex with Prince Andrew on three occasions. 
once in London at Ghislaine Maxwell's mansion, once in Epstein's New York mansion, and during an orgy with seven or eight underage girls at Epstein's private orgy island. During his interview, Prince Andrew denied every allegation made by Virginia and claimed he never met her or had sex with her. As far as Ghislaine Maxwell, she has been accused repeatedly in court filings of having not only procured young girls for Epstein, but even sexually abused the girls herself and participated in the orgies. Virginia claims Ghislaine was the person who first made red sex with Prince at her London home in 2001. We also now have reports that Prince Andrew has kept in constant contact with Maxwell, even as they became embroiled in the Epstein scandal. The prince had a secret meeting with Maxwell in June at Buckingham Palace, and he has been talking to her throughout the scandal, according to the Sun newspaper. They have remained constantly in touch by phone and email, a source told the Sun. They talk regularly. If he wasn't in the spotlight at the moment, he would have found a way to meet up with her. The New York Post is also reporting that Ghislaine is planning a TV tell-all about the Epstein scandal, in part to defend her pal Prince Andrew. She will do a sit-down interview with a big U.S. network and defend the Duke. Apparently, she'll say Virginia's lying and Andrew never had sex with her, a source told the Sun newspaper. During his interview, the prince denied being at the Tramp nightclub with Virginia on the night that he raped her. But on December 7th, the Daily Mail reported that a second credible witness has told a U.S. lawyer that she watched the prince dancing with Virginia at the Tramp nightclub, and now two witnesses will be heading to the U.S. to speak to the FBI. These two witnesses will contradict Andrew's claim that he was at home with his daughters after a trip to Pizza Express on the night he had sex with Virginia. Virginia says Epstein and Maxwell also trafficked her around the world. In addition to Prince Andrew, some of the famous people who she was forced to have sex with include his attorney, Alan Dershowitz, former senator and Disney chairman, George Mitchell, MIT professor Marvin Minsky, Highbridge Capital co-founder Glenn Dubin, former New Mexico governor and former presidential candidate Bill Richardson, Hyatt Motel magnate Tom Pritzker, and model agent Jean-Luc Brunel. Virginia claims she was forced to have sex with Dershowitz seven times. Dershowitz is still denying that he was involved in Epstein's sex trafficking network and denies ever meeting Virginia or having sex with her. Virginia also accused Dershowitz of lying about his involvement with another Epstein victim, Sarah Ransom who now lives in Spain and says she was introduced to Epstein in 2006 when she was living in New York. Soon after Epstein, soon after meeting Epstein, he flew her to, her to his private island where he directed her to have sex with Epstein and various other girls and guests, according to an affidavit filed by Ransom in support of Virginia's lawsuit. At one point, Ransom claims Epstein arranged for Dershowitz to represent her, and during that time, Epstein also lent her out to Dershowitz for sex, the complaint alleges. At his townhouse, I was also lent out by him to his friends and associates to have sex, Ransom said of Epstein. Among the people he lent me to was his friend Alan Dershowitz, Ransom stated in the filing. On one occasion, I was in a bedroom with Jeffrey's New York town, at Jeffrey's New York townhouse with Jeffrey and Nadia Marsikova, Ransom added, referring to a woman identified as one of Epstein's sex slaves. After a short time, Ellen Dershowitz entered the room, after which Jeffrey left the room, and Nadia and I had sex with Dershowitz, Ransom stated. I recall specific key details of his person and the sex act, and can describe them in the event it becomes necessary to do. Accusations delusional. Once again, claimed he never met her either. 
On December 2nd, the New York Post reported that Dershowitz may be forced to reveal secret communications he had with Epstein's. Lawyers for Virginia said they intend to seek the privileged communications to prove that Dershowitz had his own motivations for lining up the sweetheart deal for Epstein in 2008. Virginia's lawyers also plan to file an amended lawsuit against Dershowitz, citing claims under the Child Victim Act. The law allows a window allowing victims of childhood sexual abuse, like Virginia, to file lawsuits against their abusers, even if the statute of limitations has passed. The most horrible news in this scandal came on December 11th, when Virginia reported that the FBI told her of a credible death threat against her. The threats came after she publicly claimed to be sex trafficked by Epstein and Maxwell. She wrote, I have been informed by the FBI there has been a credible death threat against me, she wrote on Twitter. In response to the overwhelming support, amount of support I have received, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who is standing up beside me fighting for our children to have a safer future. Guffrey also said she feared for her life since too many evil people want to keep her silent. Several hours prior to the death threat tweet, Virginia responded to a tweet that said, FBI will kill her to protect the ultra-rich and well-connected. She wrote back, I am making it publicly known there is no way, shape, or form that I am suicidal. She added, I have made this known to my therapist and general practitioner. If something happens to me in the sake of my family, do not let this go away and help me to protect them. Too many evil people want to see me quieted. I have been informed from the FBI there is a credible death threat against me, she wrote on Twitter. But we also have some good news on another Hollywood pervert reported on Breitbart that New York judge has rejected Harvey Weinstein's bid to throw out the most serious charges in his sexual assault case, dealing him a big blow as he sought to limit the scope of his trial and any potential punishment. The ruling clears a way for prosecutors to bolster their case with testimony from actress Annabella Sciorra, who says Weinstein raped her in 1993 or 1994. It also leaves open the possibility of a life sentence if he is convicted at his trial that is set to begin on January 6th. Scaiora alleges Weinstein forced himself inside her Manhattan apartment, threw her on the bed, and raped her after she starred in a film for his movie studios. Prosecutors are choosing to use Scaiora's allegation to show Weinstein as a sexual predator who committed sex crimes against multiple women. On December 11th, Weinstein bail was raised to $2 million. During a court appearance in Manhattan, due to claims that he violated his ankle bracelet monitoring requirement over 50 times, on Sunday, the New York Post ran an interview of Weinstein where he claimed to have done so much for women in the industry. I feel like the forgotten man, he said. I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker, and I'm talking about 30 years ago. I'm not talking about now when it's Vogue. I did it first. I pioneered it. It all got eviscerated because of what happened, Weinstein said. My work has been forgotten. In response to his interview, 23 of his accusers signed a statement saying, in part, he says in a new interview he doesn't want to be forgotten. Well, he won't be. He will be remembered as a sexual predator and unrepentant abuser who took everything and deserves nothing. He will be remembered by the collective will of countless women who stood up and said enough. Douglas Wigdor, a lawyer for three women who accused Weinstein of sexual misconduct, called the interview a public relations stunt and a complete failure to accept responsibility. Mr. Weinstein's latest public relations stunt on eve of his criminal trial provides even more motivation to continue to prosecute the claims that will expose him for who he is, Doug Woodruff said. So I'll bring Trish on now to discuss all these important developments as we finally celebrate the takedown of these global elite pedophiles. Welcome to the show, Trish. 
Hey there, Evelyn. It's a lot is happening, huh? I mean, I, I saw um, you were talking most recently about Harvey Weinstein, and I don't know if you saw the pictures of him now. He's using a walker and doing everything he can to garner public sympathy. It's really rather pathetic. But thank goodness, you know, this judge is um, hanging tough. And I, I, it makes me wonder if now, like, you know, we've seen um, Robert Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein and others kind of thrown to the wolves when they became liability liabilities that, uh, you know, that may be what's happening to Weinstein. And it is possible, it seems to me at this point, that, you know, maybe he will serve some time. They might figure he's so old at this point that, you know, he's not worth uh, the trouble of protecting him. And it also gives them, you know, a way to say that they're addressing it. So, you know, again, these are just a handful of the people who deserve the same punishment. I mean, just you mentioned um, Alan Dershowitz himself belongs behind bars for the rest of his life. And, and Alan Dershowitz also said publicly that there were hundreds of wealthy and powerful people getting massages at Jeffrey Epstein's. I mean, the idea that billionaires and, you know, prime ministers and all would from around the world would come to Jeffrey Epstein's homes to get a massage. I mean, that just is ludicrous. You might... You know, you could convince me that maybe four or five of his pervert friends did, but how do you explain hundreds of them doing this? I mean, you simply can't. And now I really, really am so grateful for this woman, Sarah Ransom, and, and I think there are other witnesses that have now come forward corroborating what Virginia has said about Alan Dershowitz, because... He has been really very successful in shielding himself and smearing these women, especially Virginia, to such an extent that, you know, she's, she, her allegations are dismissed. And we see that even in the court documents where the judge said that her claims about Prince Andrew were, you know, uh, unfounded despite all the evidence. I mean, just that statement alone is such a... Uh, cruel blow to uh, someone who had been sex trafficked as a child by this, these people. I mean, so, and, and um, also I'm really so grateful as Virginia points out, and I hope that, you know, she really does feel this, that the, the public at large is behind her. Like anyone who knows anything about this ha is really, very determined that she see justice once and for all. She's been stuck with this for 15, you know, more than 15 years now, I, in trying to bring justice. And I can't imagine what that's like um, for yeah, her. Yeah, because so. she said, I think she said that, that it started in, I was looking at my notes, did she say it started in, in like 1999 to 2002? Yeah, yeah. I think so that'd be 20 years she's been dealing with this. Yeah, so, and, and for, these, for these other women to come forward is such a blessing. I mean, again, even regardless of the outcome, just for her to know that there are other people out there willing to step forward 
and um, back her up because her allegations are very serious, but they are co- uh-huh. fully corroborated by overwhelming evidence. So, um, you know, she should have been taken far more seriously from the outset, but at least now, you know, again, we have somebody like Amy Roback who was caught on a hot mic moment and confirmed that they had everything to corroborate Virginia's allegations against not only Jeffrey Epstein, but Alan Dershowitz specifically. And for these other women to come forward and say that they were also sex trafficked as children to Alan Dershowitz, or I don't know if they were children at the time themselves, but um, being, you know, the fact that they were sex trafficked to him, you know, what more do you need um, except, you know, evidence that he's involved? So right, um, and and, and that Ransom, you know, is saying that, you know, that he participated in orgy with her. Right. You know, with right. that, and that, that would have been the underage girl that that uh, Nakeda or that Navakosha or whatever or Marsakova. Oh, that's right, right, that, right. Uh, that's the one I think that uh, he bought from uh, when she was fourteen from I think Yugoslavia or, or something from her parents yeah. and brought her over here. And so there, there's a Dershowitz in an orgy with her. Yeah, I mean, in, in it's just yeah. I mean, and Alan Dershowitz it, admits. Getting oh. massages there. Yes. He admits. Yes. He's like, I kept my well, shorts on. Well, so he admits. Well, yeah. He said he got one from an older Russian woman and he kept his shorts on. But like you say, I think that was pure blackmail when he was giving that interview when he said that hundreds of people, important people, got massages. And we all know that massage is the code word for sex. It has nothing to do with massage. It means sex. Well, so when Dershowitz sat there in that interview and said hundreds have gotten massages right. at Jeffrey Epstein's, <laughs> that's just like blackmailing all of them. Yeah, and you don't they take me down, and I'll take you all down too. Yep, but at the same time, he was confirming that you know (laughs) this practice occurred, and right or wrong, you you know, as an attorney for a man that's been charged with child sex trafficking, to be getting massages in the residences of this accused child sex trafficker, where said child sex trafficking was you know, supposedly occurring just shows a gross, um, you know, gross judgment in professionally and ethically. Like what the fuck would anybody in their right mind be doing getting, you know, being so closely associated with someone who is accused of child sex trafficking? Like seriously, it just defies logic, the whole thing. And, and nobody, you know, unfortunately for most Americans, they won't bother themselves to stop and think through, the rea- you know, what the implications of all that are. They're just willing to dismiss it. But again and again, you know, as people like Amy Roback gets caught on hot mic confirming exactly what she, Virginia Guffrey said, and then these two other women who were sex trafficked to Alan Dershowitz came forward, I mean, you know, Fewer and fewer people can reasonably attempt to dismiss uh, what's really going on here. And then, as you also point out, you know, we see these um, mainstream media reports finally about what happened with Virginia, which are, you know, thank goodness. I mean, it's about time. But you can also see they're, they're trying very, very hard to control the narrative. They want to keep this focused on the idea that, 
These were all girls who were 14 or older. There's a limited number of them, and it's confined to Jeffrey Epstein, which we know is not true. And as you pointed out in the intro, you know, we have this former Mossad guy come forward just in the last couple of weeks and confirm that Jeffrey Epstein was working for Mossad. I mean, you know, how many different people do we need independently of one another to corroborate this shit before anybody... Well, for sure, and not, not like, um, like, now, I give the, the FBI credit for um, for warning Virginia, you know, but when I posted that story, I said, anybody lays a hand on that woman and there will be a global war by the global army against these pedophiles if they harm that woman. Yeah, I mean, the, it, you know, and I have to wonder about the FBI's motives, to be honest, right. in telling her that, because... You know, this comes right after this guy makes a post about the FBI offing her. Because remember, again, the FBI is part and parcel. They are partners in the sex trafficking of children. That agency has been corrupted by the mafia ever since Meyer Lansky caught J. Edgar Hoover having sex with a man. They've had total control over the FBI. And what the FBI does is not investigate crimes. They gather blackmail material for the mafia that's in control of them. And they, they find witnesses that they need to silence. They, they also find, you know, additional parties involved where they can get some leverage on them through, you know, interviews with their victims. So um, I also have to wonder about, you know, so the FBI is actively working to protect F Jeffrey Epstein. And remember, it was the FBI had... All of the evidence that Joe Riccari at the Palm Beach Police Department had, which included videos of these men having sex with these young girls, as reported by um, John Mark Dugan, who was also a Palm Beach police officer and friends with Joe Riccari, but uh, ran a whistleblower website, which is why Joe Riccari gave John Mark Dugan all of this evidence. To, because also Joe Riccari was being threatened. So right. um, the right. FBI did nothing to protect Joe Riccari or further the prosecution of this case. It did everything it could to cover it up. And now we have this confirmation from John Mark Dukin that, in fact, those videos depict these older men, one at least one of whom he recognized, having sex with young girls in Jeffrey Epstein's residence. Right. So this is a well, wonder, intelligence operation as well. Right, right. So I wonder what uh, what the FBI says that it's a credible threat. I wonder what what they're talking about. Where do they get this well, information? Well, I think. What? Yeah, I think you know they what they did was say there was a credible threat for several reasons. One, that person accused them, right? They're, they were put on the defensive as being um, a potential uh, assassin of hers, which we all know is a legit accusation because they're protecting this child sex trafficking ring, right? So um, then they also make it appear that they're attempting to protect her, right? They take this public position. They want her to know there's this credible threat. So they care, supposedly. Well, it also works um, to frighten Virginia Guffrey 
right? Make her afraid Indeed. and maybe <laughs> silence her, perhaps? Yeah, perhaps. So I, I think, think, it's I think there were a lot of reasons behind that, that none of which were, um, none of which were noble. Right, right. Well, when we were talking about that, well, but let's talk about this Weinstein BS interview that, that he gave. Now, here he is. He's set to go to trial on January 6th, and he's out there, say, you know, claiming he's done so much for women, you know, and deserves a pat <laughs> on the back and all this stuff. I mean, this is so insane. I mean, why would they even interview him at all? Well, it feels uh, like you know, they, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, it, again, it's all about narrative control. I mean, they're, they're just trying to refocus people's attention, on, you know, and gain sympathy for him so that the allegations lose their um, strength, you know. It's just a way of neutralizing what's out there. And even, even though, you know, probably most people watching that would have the same reaction, it's still mm -hmm. in some ways... Um, you know, stifles the the ang the outrage. It, it still is effective to a certain extent um, on the public discussion because it's not acknowledging the reality of that situation. I mean, how many people have to come forward over how many decades to say that Hollywood is a predatory environment? I mean, that's just Tiffany Fitzhenry. I mean. You know, everyone, Isaac Cappy, uh, so many people, and then all yeah. the famous women who have come forward and said, you know, they were forced to do things in order to, you know, maintain in their status in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, then just like, you know, the judge, we finally raised, or she did finally raise that bail to $2 million after he was violated his ankle bracelet monitoring requirement over 50 times and we talked about this last week that big deal raises raises bail right big deal what is put that him mean? in jail you know, money, money is nothing me, to him. we'd exactly. be right he in, jail. Be in jail i mean i know yeah. people that have violated their ankle you know when i ran those outpatient uh, treatment centers violated their ankle bracelet monitor they were arrested on the spot the first damn time they showed up missing the cops went and picked yeah. them up and this guy violated it over 50 times and here he is walking around free. <laughs> yeah. Add another no, million to no. He's a sexual He shouldn't predator. be out there. Be no. damn right. He should be locked up. And it's not, I, you I, know, I, this whole Walker, you know, frail old no. guy thing he's trying to pull is like, you know, trying to show that he's not a threat. It's like, okay, he's <laughs> already violated his, his um, whatchamacallit, bail. It's like, he, you know, he, this is a guy accused of, you know, spending decades sexually assaulting women. And while he may not be a direct threat now, uh, he belongs in prison for violating his fucking bail arrangements. I mean, it's just, I, 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 I can't believe that Americans, will, they just still can't fucking be bothered with this stuff. It. It's infuriating. It's like I know, and and, and, and you know everything we expose, nothing gets done about it. I mean, what about this yeah. bit now about the Clinton spending their vacations out at the Zorro Ranch? Yeah, Epstein's every baby year, making ranch. almost. You know, yes. I mean, that is a big expose, and nothing's done about it. And then Clinton puts out this, puts out the same statement that 
that he put out this summer that he was never there. He's never at the ranch. He was only at Epstein's mansion once in New York and stuff. I mean, this is so ridiculous. And then people and just accept people it. Wait with it. Yeah. And just accept yeah. it. They're not questioning this. I mean, that was in the story. That was the whole whole thing on Clinton's response. Just putting out what he said this summer. Yeah. That no, is, I, I it's, it's infuriating. Although, you know, the good news is, I mean, it, one of the things that's really tough at, in the process of following this story <clears throat> and, and any of this stuff that's going on is distinguishing between what the public sentiment is versus the official narrative. And I see more and more that, you know, the, the public sentiment is one which reflects a, a much stronger understanding of the reality in which we're living compared to, you know, just two years ago. So that's really encouraging to me. And, and you know, I don't think we can ever expect that these mainstream outlets are ever going to give the proper attention and outrage, reflect the appropriate outrage that should accompany revelations like these. And so um, uh, the, I, I really have to work hard to stay focused on the fact that, you know, the people that we're actually talking to and trying to educate about all of this are incredibly uh, receptive to it and able to put it into proper context very quickly and that's, I mean, it's it's an education process, and, and I worry that we'll never reach, you know, the younger generation um, in the way we need to uh, just because they, they're just so um, indoctrinated into trusting a government that deserves nothing like trust. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. um, that, no, that's my biggest there. fear. You know, inserting himself into this impeachment bullshit, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the, and the media still puts him on as pundits, you know. And, and and the other day, I I I I left the message at the bottom of one. I think it was Fox News had him on, and I said, why are they still putting these known pedophiles on here as pundits on the mainstream media? Good for you. Yeah, and here's Alan Dershowitz. Well, you know, one good thing was he was uh, refused participation in the impeachment hearings but then he was he was flanking donald trump announcing uh, the gutting of the first amendment this is an attorney who's supposedly a brilliant legal mind standing beside the president as he's gutting the first amendment it's just like okay accused child rapist um and yeah. you know constitutional hack you know, it's just like he deserves none of the respect that he gets, and, and I really want to see that change. And I, I think it's true in the public's mind that Alan Dershowitz is turning into a pariah, um, but those circles are still clearly protecting him. But like with Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, maybe Jeffrey Epstein's still alive. You know, I think it, it's probably more likely that he's alive than dead. But I, um, I think he is. Yeah, and that's he, all of us guessing. Yeah, I mean the people people are discarded, and and maybe we can get make that happen with Alan Dershowitz too. <laughs> right. Well, you know, um, 
when we were talking about that uh, Ari Ben Menashe, that former spy that said that you know that uh, Epstein and 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 Maxwell Ghislaine were part of you know military Israel military intelligence and had frequent that now he's saying that um it, it was Whitney Webb did this interview with him and um and he's down here saying that it was Clinton that they were after from the start that um and you would understand right. this better because you followed the um the Palestine and the Israel thing more closely but they thought that uh Clinton was going to be like Carter in in I don't know ease up on the Palestinians or something right so that he that's was, why they he, went after him right he was too friendly to the Palestinians as you know a, a candidate and and um it was Jeffrey Epstein actually that offered to pay for a, the redecorating of the Oval Office when Bill Clinton was elected. And it turned oh, out yeah. <clears throat> as part of that process, they put in spyware and were the ones, it was Israeli Mossad that caught Clinton in the affair with Monica Lewinsky. And they right. used you know, that. I heard about that years ago in, you know, in, and I just figured they just wanted to blackmail him, for, but I didn't know this behind the scenes, what the heck it was really about, you know. And this, this Benashi, he, he told, he said, when Bill Clinton's candidacy in 1992 U.S. presidential election became clear, efforts were made to target him via sexual blackmail, and Jeffrey Epstein was chosen for that purpose. Bill Clinton was eventually blackmailed by the state of Israel, and his administration was also targeted by Israeli espionage as part of the mega spy scandal. Epstein's yep. involvement in the Clinton administrations and his visits to the White House date back to Clinton's first year in office. And that's what you were talking about. You know, that uh, right. he would... And, 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 and was the, what was it that he donated money to redecorate what? The Oval Office. I guess every oh, really? new administration <laughs> redecorates the Oval Office. So he was getting everything that went on in, the, in that Oval Office. Jeffrey Epstein oh, sure. was. Imagine, imagine the value of that. Sure. And so that's why they were able to uh, catch on to the uh, Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yeah, because they set up this, they redecorated all right. They did, they put, set up spy <laughs> stuff throughout the Oval Office, obviously. Yep. And it's probably still there. Yeah. Wow. So Remember, there was an started. FBI report just this year, a couple of months ago, that Israeli Mossad was spying on Donald Trump, now, currently, yeah. like while yeah. he's in the Oval Office, and nothing happened. <clears throat> nothing happened. Right. Spying, active spying by a foreign intelligence agency on a sitting president. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it goes on and on and on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really. That's me. why, really and you know, you you pointed out, um, like with this whole thing with Prince Andrew, and we see, you know, this whole. <clears throat> we now have reports that a three-year uh, investigation revealed that the Brexit vote was completely rigged, and we saw just with Boris Johnson in this uh, election last week that. That was rigged as well. There are all kinds of reports coming out where um, populist voters who would have voted for labor were thrown off the rolls, just like happened in the U.S. in the Bernie Sanders primary, where, you know, there were these millions of voters showing up and being turned away from the, the 
voter um, booze because they had been, you know, purged from the voter rolls specifically to rig the outcome. How do they accomplish that, purging these voters? How do they what? How do they accomplish that, purging these voters? Well, in the U.S., um, in the U.S., they use the NGP ban data. This was something I'm familiar with because I did um, canvassing myself uh, during Obama's last run for office. And um, they get all kinds of personal data on you that they illegally share with the chosen selected candidate. So Hillary Clinton was the one getting all this information. <coughs> Excuse me. And what they were able to do was with this, all this, personal information was identified the most likely voters for Bernie Sanders. So they did a search in Bernie Sanders district alone, several hundred thousand, I think it was almost 400,000 voters were thrown off the rolls. I mean, that's a huge percentage of the entire vote in that district. Well, it's almost a half a million people. Yeah. And, um, this was confirmed later that this actually did happen. There was an attorney general investigation. There was a woman who was found who had uh, engineered the whole thing, and that, in fact, all these names did get purged. However, despite those clear findings, nothing was ever done about it. It was the same case in numerous other districts around the country that were considered key you know, swing districts and things like that where the exact same thing occurred. And Miami was another one. But was nothing that the one ever, where, where you know, people came up and they, they thought that when they purged those voters and stuff, and, and then Bernie didn't step up with them, to fight with them? Right, right. He just let it go. And so, yeah, and, and that's the integrity of and our electoral processes. Huh? Important. What's that, What did he do in the last election? I said... This this kills me now. He's running again, and all these people still support him. And what did he do in the last election? You know, let Hillary Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, people in this country right. are so mind controlled and stupid. It is just so ridiculous. When I see people supporting him now, after what he let yeah. Hillary do in the last election to him, uh, I know. And totally yeah. Controlled. And, uh, you know, this is uh, the other thing that happened with Bernie was that the um, superdelegates, remember, even in the states that he won, the superdelegates gave their votes to Hillary Clinton. And so this was a similar tactic used in, you know, there was that massive smear campaign against Jeremy Corbyn that was led by the Israeli lobby. There was Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State of the United States, openly stated that he would do everything in his power to prevent Jeremy Corbyn from winning. I mean, talk about overt interference in a foreign country's elections. I mean, it doesn't get any more blatant than that. And so, you know, we and that smear campaign was absolutely part of the effort, but it, it failed miserably, um, the anti-Semitic one. So at the very last minute, they, they go with the Russia trope, and when all of that didn't work, they threw all these people off the voter rolls to ensure that they couldn't vote in favor. I mean, the, the uh, results were the inverse 
of what was reflected in public sentiment, the same exact thing as occurred here in the U.S. in 2016 in the primaries. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we sit here, I mean, we we interfere in elections in countries all over the globe, like you're just describing. Well, yeah, and this was the case in in, uh, Brazil, Bolivia, everywhere else. And the, and the thing is, um, I wanted to, what I wanted to point out around what's going on there, this, there was a woman a journalist came forward and reported that a month before the election that just passed, um, there was a report of this three-year investigation that showed the Brexit vote was, was fraudulent, and Parliament did absolutely nothing about it. And let this, you know, recent vote occur under the same fraudulent circumstances. How the hell does that happen? How do you have Parliament, you know, unresponsive to blatant um, vote rigging? Well, it's the, there's a new documentary out called Pedophiles in Parliament, and it addresses exactly what we're talking about here, using sexual blackmail as Menashe points out, and you want it to be these young girls because, you know, as he points out again, that having sex is not a crime, but fucking a 14-year-old is. So, (laughs) you know, that's what Jeffrey Epstein has spent his career doing was blackmailing, you know, not only U.S. officials, but all of them in Parliament as well. And that, you know, Jimmy Savile. There's so much documentation about Jimmy Savile doing the exact same thing. He was procuring children for Prince Philip, for Margaret Thatcher knew she was involved. I mean, Ted Heath used to go out on his boat with these boys and return with one missing regularly. And it was after his death they found the partial remains of two boys in his boat. Jesus. Yeah, this he supposedly, supposedly spent uh, 10 Christmases with uh, Thatcher at her house. Jesus. Yeah. I so, mean, this I is how think of it. mixed in these pedophiles are, like you said, that pedophiles in Parliament. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And they, and that just doesn't just mean, you know, uh, this includes the royal family. I mean, they are as deep into this as anybody. And we're seeing glimpses of it with Andrew. And I really, really hope that um, the, the alternative commu- uh, news community picks this up and runs with the whole connection with Jimmy Savile. Because as much damage as Prince Andrew's affiliation with Jeffrey Epstein has done, imagine what would happen if the public understood what went on with Jimmy Savile and the rest of Andrew's family? Well, right, and didn't uh, didn't the Queen uh, knight Jimmy Savile? Yes. She gave him the Order of the Green Beret. The only other recipient of that was her husband. Really? Yeah. Well, what, no, for, for what did she say he deserved that? Oh, I don't... A service to England... <laughs> I heard the I heard the Pope at that time uh, gave him some award too, Jimmy Savile, yeah. back in the yeah. day. And this is the thing, and they wait until after he dies to have all this stuff come out, right? And oh, we can nothing can be done. He's gone. Oh, oh well, right. good thing that 
he can no longer hurt people with and ignoring the fact that it's a, it's a, a syndicate. It's not just this one person. He's running this whole organization, you know, like Jeffrey Epstein. He was just the idiot who procured the girl. The girl. They can get some other idiot to procure the girl. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, these things stop because no. a single individual is dead. I mean, for heaven's sake, I mean... You know, yeah. so I, that's where I would really love to see, because it would really bolster Virginia's case to show that, you know, not only is Andrew disingenuous, his entire family is. They're hypocrites. And they all deserve to be thrown out on their asses. They're professional grifters. They do nothing of service for the British people or anyone. No, no. I don't know. Well, we're taking them down, and it's, it's scary. I did not see you understand. Like I don't follow other elections. I mean, I don't rarely follow the elections in this country. You know, I don't vote. I don't have nothing to do with them. And um, so I post, you know, that I post things, you know, when when the elections are final and stuff. But I didn't know this, you know, that that that, that election in Britain was rigged too. Yeah, I don't follow this enough to even understand this to know this, you know, because I've been well, just out it, of politics after I investigated Obama. In 2008, you know, when he was going to run, and within two days found out he was such a corrupt bastard, you know, and I put out like 12 reports before he won the nomination saying what he was a corrupt bastard, and I said, then I'm done. Both parties are in on this, you know. Yeah, I mean, it really is truly rigged. Oh, it is. It is. And we're seeing this everywhere now. I mean, it's not just a U.S. problem. It's popping up everywhere, and we see that this bullshit representative government model is total fucking fraud. They're representative of their billionaire sponsors. They don't represent you or me ever. Like think of when was the last time that any of these governments did something to benefit their people, except maybe Bolivia and Venezuela who promptly got some American democracy after, you know, daring to use their resources to better the lives of the people in those countries. Right, right. And like we did to Libya, tore that yep. country apart, and it was the, it was the, Syria. It was the highest They're standard of living. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it really, um, they were, they had, Gaddafi had built that um, man-made river to provide free water to the entire continent yeah. for irrigation. Right. Um, it was a 40-year project. And he was going to introduce a pan-African currency, a gold-backed dinar. Um, he, there was uh, housing was provided for everyone. Couples were given stipends when they were, had children. Free health care, free education. He 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 almost eradicated uh, illiteracy. Um, you know, just all kinds of. He nationalized the country's assets to, again, benefit the people of those countries. And the U.S. promptly went in and looted all of their gold bullion, hundreds of billions of dollars in foreign assets, and then um, totally destroyed this man-made river uh, with depleted uranium munitions so that it would never be um, possible to use. That, and now they yeah, have a thriving yeah. slave market. Right. I, yeah, I was thinking that. I wonder what, what the people that remain living in Libya, 
feel now that they executed. It's, it's their, a horror show, and that's what we that do. Hillary you know, Clinton we are the leader behind that. Yeah, well, Afghanistan, Clinton. same thing. You know, we have now all these reports are coming out. The Afghanistan papers, um, quotes from generals retired generals saying they had literally had no idea why they were in Afghanistan or what they were doing, yet they were killing, you know, mil- a million Afghanis. They were starving half a million Afghan um, babies. They are stealing the oil. You know, still they're doing all these things, though they don't know what they're doing there. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You don't know what you're doing, yet you're still killing people and stealing all their shit like what the fuck is wrong with you that you can't think to yourself that's not right i'm not gonna do that no no exactly and you know we just go in country after country and overthrow these countries and steal all their resources and i said it used to be they did this in the old days but we didn't know it was hidden that's exactly right and they just go right on doing it they don't care well you know and right in our military participate in this global genocide that our, our politicians make them, you know? Yeah. I don't know how any, any, anybody can be a, a soldier in our military today. They spent a trillion dollars of our tax money trashing <laughs> Afghanistan alone. We have sent 750,000 American soldiers to Afghanistan in 20 years. And what, what, um, what have we accomplished there exactly? So all this is coming out. And yet, now the Pentagon, at the very same time, has announced 3,500 more troops to Afghanistan. What, what is the purpose behind that, are they saying? No, I mean, all we're doing is trafficking them goddamn opium and flooding this country with heroin and opium. Yep. I mean, yep. I don't know how an any, American any person can be in the military today. They know what's going on. It ain't like they don't know what the hell they're making them do. Yeah. I don't, no, know, how I, they, I don't know how they can sleep at night, these military people. I don't either. It's like those pilots spraying the skies full of poison. It's just like, okay. what the fuck is wrong with you that you would yeah. do that? Yeah. Well, yeah, because now it's the weather warfare and everything they're committing right here in this country. And people better wake up. And realize what they're doing. Yeah. You know, the I mean, genocide in this country. Yeah, Evelyn, and I, I was um, in a conversation with my sister who did, she did seven tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, and she successfully got out of the military, and she herself has said, you know, we never should have gone to Afghanistan in the first place. Um, but, uh, you know, it, I, I, we really have to appeal to you know, people who feel they have no other option but to go in the military. The mili- the Pentagon even said that the student loan crisis has actually helped their um, recruitment because oh, really? people are so desperate for, and, and, you know, we have over almost $2 trillion worth of student debt, um, 40% of which is either delinquent um, or in in default it, the students yeah. are fleeing the u.s to escape their student loan burden it's literally indentured servitude and this is how you know one of the levers they're using to force 
um, our children into the military. It's disgraceful. And General Smedley Butler, I think your point about us just not realizing how bad it was, it made me think of my sister because she's like, you know, it only seems to be getting worse. But I think the truth Mm -hmm. is it's always been this way and we just didn't know because Smedley Butler wrote his book in 1935, The War is a Racket, and he led many of the campaigns in the Mediterranean and, and, uh, excuse me, in the Caribbean where, you know, all these banana republics were created. And he writes in his book that not a single one of them was legitimate. He wrote specifically that... Every one of those invasions was for the benefit of the billionaire class, nothing more. So this was 100 years ago that he was yeah. leading these campaigns. And, and he wrote, you know, so th- it's the same exact thing. We just had no idea that was right. the problem. And now, you know, the, the recruitment's down and everything, and it should be. There shouldn't be anybody right. signing up for her military. But, they, you know, it used to be in the old days that the soldiers and stuff did get good benefits when they got out. They got good health care and they got their student, they got their go to college and all this kind of stuff. It's not like that anymore. You know how many, no. how many veterans die waiting for medical care in this country? Dene- you know, delay, deny, and let them die. That's the policy. Yeah. It yeah. is literally the policy yeah. of handling yeah. veterans' health. Yeah. Now, in the old days, you know, my dad was uh, was a veteran, and he used the VA in the old days and everything, and he and he got good care, you know, and everything. But um, now, no. I mean, there's yeah. so many of them. No, they don't. Ha- they they don't even have the facilities to take care of all these veterans that come home, you know. And they're no. so damaged now. In the old days, you know, like in the Vietnam days, if you went to Vietnam and you served a year and you lived, you got to come home, and that was it. You were done. You didn't have to go back. Look at what they're doing to these troops now. Like you, you said, your sister, seven deployments, yeah. for God's sakes. They make them go out there and murder all these people, commit genocide all over the globe, and then they send them home and think that they're going to yeah. be normal? That they can well, live with I this? That they've done this? Ugh. I think, Evelyn, that they they want them to be damaged when they come home. Because, again, the mm-hmm. destruction of community and family has been a critical piece of this whole um, looting scheme, and sure. it's it's part of the imperialist game plan, and um, that's how you keep nations weak and are able to sure. more easily exploit them. Yeah, in in, in in the old days, too, like in the Vietnam days, if you had kids, you were married and had kids, you didn't have to go in the service. Right. Now, they take, they take family members, they, take, they have kids and everything at home when they do this. And like you said, what a great way to break up these families. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, the the real kicker is that under Obama, do you remember um, when that uh, the 2008 crash occurred, he allowed the banks to illegally seize homes of deployed soldiers, which it was against the law. Nobody was punished. They did this to thousands of families. Can you imagine having your spouse off in Iraq or Afghanistan and then being thrown out of your house by the government? God, I, don't, I don't even remember that. But you know what? Chris, after I wrote those articles on Obama and I knew how corrupt he was, I never listened to one speech from Obama. His whole president's campaign, I tuned it all out. 
So now you're telling me this. I don't even remember that. But that is absolutely horrible. And Obama allowed that? Yes. He, he shielded them. And he not only allowed it, but then he shielded them from prosecution. Oh, wow. So these vet, these guys are over in Iraq and, and their homes are taken over there? Their wives and children are being are thrown out of their home. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, this country is so evil. This is it so is. Scary. It's disgraceful. It, it, it's, a, it's an absolute abject failure. And it keeps getting worse. And it's like, how do we stop this? Well, you know, <laughs> that's a good question. And I, you know, I don't think any of us really has the answer. I, you know, th- it seems like the the one model that is working at least internationally is just setting we have to set up our own system we have to decide we're not going to participate like you said in the voting in any of that shit we have to walk away well our time's up trish so we gotta say goodbye to our listeners um be sure and tune in to patricia's show on bk and watch okay bye everybody yep we'll see you next week <laughs>